Hello, this is Lisa LaRose here on Connect to Love on PRNFM, and I'm joined this new year by Michael J. Russ. I want to say welcome, Michael. It's always such a delight and always such a pleasure. You know it is. Every single time. I just love it. (laughs) It is. And, you know, I... You and I are constantly on a quest of questioning and inquiry and, for me, wondering. And I went to the bookstore, and, of course, as is always, I <laughs> found a couple of new books that I wanted to delve into. One was called The Einstein Factor. It had to do with the brain and increasing your intelligence. And uh, it it got me thinking about different things. It actually got me thinking about beliefs and believing because in the book they speak about how uh, Einstein was actually considered to be mentally challenged and how that impacted him. And it, it was, it's, I, I'm just in the early stages of the book and it, it's so fascinating to me because I've always been, I've been a big proponent and uh, follower of Dr. Bruce Lipton. And for those in our audience who do not know who Bruce Lipton is, he was a cellular biologist who wrote a book actually called The Biology of Belief. And at the time when when Bruce Lipton was beginning his research in cellular biology, he was taking stem cells and he was isolating them. And what he found was that a cell, even though it was a liver cell, could become a lung cell, could become heart cell could become many other things based on the beliefs of the researchers. And and at the time when he was at Stanford University, it was really he was he was a laughing stock. And he just he just held on to his belief. He knew that there was something there, that if you controlled the cell membrane, you, know, you could actually change the physiology of the cell. And I, and, you know, I, I love his research. I love what he's taught. I love the fact that he has really brought forth that we do not have to be the victims of our genes, that epigenetics, that you can actually change the, your genes based on not only your diet, but also your thoughts. And so I, I started thinking about some different things and I went back into the research of, of Dr. Lipton, because I found this to be a really powerful starting point for our inquiry into what we believe. He said that every living cell in the body has a positive and a negative charge, which we know. We are, we're electrical beings. He said that inside the cell is actually the negative voltage and outside is the positive. And he said what's so interesting is that each one of those cells has 1.4 volts of electricity, which is really not that much. But then he put it into perspective. He said, but we have over 50 trillion cells in the body. And that's over 700 trillion volts of electricity in your body right now. (laughs) And we don't think we're powerful. We don't think we're creators. We don't think we have the ability. We don't think we have the energy. But it's really about Focusing that energy, focusing that energy, using that energy to create anything we want. Now, on the last show, we talked about co-creating, and I thought that this would be a really wonderful topic because to be, leave, you know, it's be and then live. And, and really, I think in 2024, that's what this journey is about, is really what does it mean to experience being alive? What are our beliefs? What drives us? What are our actions and our behaviors? And when we recognize that we no longer have to be victims, whether it is of our genes or of our circumstance, we can change that. So I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts, Michael. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick the proverbial ball your way. Uh, oh, really? Now you're going to do this after, this, after this, the science lesson? Really? <laughs> Well, I don't have to do that. Well, you know what? Okay, so then I'll, I'll, venture, I'll venture into the other part. So, My gosh. You know, I, I, have, I have this wonderful book I picked up, and, and I had never heard of this other gentleman. His name is Lars Mule. And he wrote a book about um, healing practices to connect your energy to source energy. And I have not made the time. I don't say I have the time, but I'm, I'm usually reading many different books. But I like a lot of times just to open up a book 
and see what the message is. What does the universe want me to know today? And so they, the part that I opened it up to was all about the law of light. And, and I thought, well, here we are. We know that we're light within. And this is what I read. It said, in order to understand the law of light, we have to step out of our former limitations and realize that even though you are not always given what you want in the way you had hoped, you're always given what you need. And then it goes on to talk about how in understanding the law of light that we have an opportunity to accept or to deny what it is that is our is our next gateway, our next bridge, our next opening. And and I think for me anyway, um, a lot of that has to do with again beliefs. Like what am I capable of? So on after New Year's, I, and I was just so excited for all of the wonderful things that are coming into this year. They, uh, a gentleman named Lee Harris talked about this year as being the year of the light worker. It's also the year of the dragon. Um, the, officially, the year of the dragon doesn't start until, uh, I believe, January, February. Oh, January, February. Is that what it is? Okay, I, is I, January I have, or February? Yeah, January or February. There's a yeah. there's a uh, the Chinese New Year, um, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're, it, yeah, there's, and, there's, and there's you, a lot to unpack here, like a Louis Vuitton yeah. trunk. What there's stuff to unpack here. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you think about dragons; they're mythical. But you, you and I are both archaeological buffs, and you'll see dragons depicted in not just the Celtic culture, not just the Asian culture. I mean, all over the world. So do you believe that there were dragons? Do you not believe they were dragons? Um, I grew up in Western Canada, and in, uh, they, it's similar to the Loch Ness Monster. The Ogopogo is in, in the Okanagan Valley. And does it exist? A lot of people say that they see it. I don't know. Um, I would be, I, you know, as, as, not to interrupt you, but, you know, I mean, it, it's, I'm in a camp of, Glass, glass half full. That's kind of how I live my life. Um, I would, I would. Some people would say, you know, there were no dragons unless you can prove otherwise. You know, that the scientific principle, right? You got to have evidence, hard evidence. I think there's a lot of um, quasi evidence. It's sort of like the concept of were there giants that lived on the on our planet? Uh, and mm-hmm. there are there are numerous, and I do mean numerous. Um, skeletons and, and heads and others. I mean that there's there's evidence of that fact, right? Uh, and people will still say, yeah, but I want to see one, you know, for myself. I want to see. I, I don't still don't believe that, that that exists out there. I can see the pictures. I can see all the other stuff. But until I go and I see it, I'm not going to believe it myself. I'm half. I'm glass half full. Uh, in my view, um, dragons did exist. It did exist. Um, and here's, here's the interesting thing about this. We, we develop these beliefs about various things. Really, what we don't think about is the fact that whether we believe it or to be true or not has nothing to do with our everyday life. Sure. Yet, yet, interestingly enough, you'll have people have arguments over whether you know, dragons exist or not. They'll go down to the depths of, 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 argument, or of arguments and disagreements all those negative energies, they'll bring those to the surface over something that technically has nothing to do with their everyday life and happiness and love and connection. <laughs> right. And this is kind of the way I think sometimes. It's like, am I going to invest in this argument? Let's just say, you know, there's many cultures out there. People consider myths to be, some people consider myths, scientists would say myths are just, you know, made up. People just, you know, they, they, they conjured this stuff up. Other people, and other people will say myths are uh, myths and legends uh, have a basis in reality, okay? Um, and you can go back and forth like, like, uh, like a ping pong uh, tournament with, you know, or pickleball or whatever you want to, example you want to use, back and forth over the net um, with, with pros and cons. And, and that's fine. As, a, as an intellectual conversation, great. Uh, ordinarily, I personally don't spend a lot of time investing in that. Because uh, generally we're 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 um, investing and backing a position that may or may not be true, 
it's true to us based on what we know up to this particular point. If someone's traveled around the world, they've seen all the evidence, to them they're going to have a different reality with regard to um, whether dragons existed, right? Uh, if they'd been to China, if they'd seen evidence, if they'd um, talked to people, immerse themselves in the culture and the belief systems and the myth- mythology around it, they'd have a different pers- uh, perspective of the whole thing. And one of the things that that fascinates me about the, the world outside of us is how much we do invest in beliefs, how much we allow those beliefs to run our lives on a daily basis. Um, I was talking to somebody just yesterday, a friend of mine, uh, who listens to this podcast. Her name is Cynthia, and she's been a friend of mine since 1983. And um, this, is, this is a young lady who is absolutely awesome, uh, full of love, um, and I, I just love talking with her. We were having this conversation about um, about beliefs and, and perceptions and how those um, enter into the picture. And we we invest in many different things on a daily basis from a belief perspective. And that belief, you ask yourself, well, where did that belief come from? Either you saw something or somebody told you something. And, or it might have been something that you read in a book somewhere long ago. All of a sudden, boom, okay, that, that, that's the belief. That's true. This person wrote the book. You'll find you didn't read the book that said it wasn't true. You read the book that it said it was true. And mm-hmm. so as far as you know, it's true until you read the book that challenges your belief. And as I told you before the show, there's a woman that, that uh, I really res- highly respect, uh, Vimla Rogers, who's written books on handwriting and other things. Um, she's a, a specialist in that area. And she said, Michael, she's this, from an author, she edited my first book, by the way, which is really interesting. Uh, she was oh, English, and a, English and a math PhD, um, very brilliant woman. She edited my first book, and she said, Michael, this is, I'm going to tell you, do not use the words, I believe, do not start a sentence with I believe, and do not start a sentence with I think. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares what you think. Nobody cares what you believe. Everybody's got their own beliefs. And I, mm-hmm. I, I think to this day, this was 25 years ago when I wrote my first book, she said, to this day, she said, I, I remember that. I remember it. And I, and I do everything I can to not say I think. She, she did say, gave a couple suggestions. This is great. In my view, or... Uh, I'm of the mind that, in, in my opinion, is this. Um, I can give my viewpoint. She says, really, and she's totally right about this. We're not trying to push our beliefs onto the people. It's up to them to, to do whatever it is they do with the information, whatever they want. Our job, our mission, even with this podcast, is to lay out ideas and concepts and let people uh, pick and choose from, like a smorgasbord, smorgasbord, what works for them at the time, because everybody's coming from a different place, right? We don't right. know what everybody's, everybody's goal or mission is in life. We don't know what your soul's intentions are. So you can have a, a way of uh, a belief in one thing or another. My only request to people is that they remain open-minded. Don't let right. your beliefs close, off, close you off to... Uh, to new information that may challenge what you believe because it, it should challenge what you believe. Because right. information is, we live in an information-centric world, so you can just about you know, turn on anything, and, and, and uh, there's going to be somebody who's going to challenge what you believe. And the right. question becomes, how entrenched do you become in your own belief? You can believe. <laughs> right. Yeah, how interesting. I'm, I'm chuckling. I'm chuckling because <laughs> I don't know what's going on around this city right now, but there are so many people that have sinus infections, congestion, sinus infections. A friend of mine's a, a stewardess. Another friend of mine works uh, in a school. Another friend of mine, you know, and and it's so interesting because it keeps crossing my path, crossing my path, and and I'm from. Uh, you know, holistic background. I had a holistic practice for over 20 years. And right. my plumber came to, un- uh, he was so kind. He came right after Christmas to, to help me out with an Airbnb. And who walks in with a sinus infection? And he's, you know, they've all been to the doctor and they've all been done, done different things. So the first gentleman who was actually a handyman who came and fixed the door for me, I said, you know what, I have all these essential oils. 
let me do a, a steam thing for you and in inhalation. And I, if this is very scientific. I took a big pot of boiling water and, you know, put a, the oils in the water and put a towel over his head in 20 minutes. And he came out, he's like, I can't believe he's like my, everything came out of my I checked on him the next day and he was fine. I did the same thing for my plumber. Well, my friend who worked at the school, he's not anywhere close to me. And I said, well, I said, I don't know about this. I've never done the remedy myself, but I trust this individual. Her name is Barbara O'Neill. She's from Australia. She has lots of different things. And she swears by you take onions and you chop it up and you put your feet in. You put onions in plastic bags. You put them on your feet. And you put your socks on and see what it, see what it does. So I told my, my friend about it. He did it. And guess what? He had said the next morning, he said he, all this mucus came out of his head and couldn't believe it. And he's been fighting with this for 10 days. I don't know if it works or not, but I have a belief. I respect her enough to suggest it. I know if I, if somebody's close to me, I, I can, you know, carry that out, but I always leave an open door. I don't expect anybody to believe in that, but is it just the belief that the onions are going to work? Uh, he really didn't believe it, but he was a good sport, and now he feels great, and he's very relieved <laughs> that, it, that it worked. Um, but he's open to but it. I think, but that's yeah. the thing. It, being open to it in some, in some ways is the same as believing in, because you haven't put up the blocks, right, the mental blocks. Right. Think about this for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, an episode of MASH, way back when, episode of MASH, mm-hmm. um, and because uh, we just got done watching the entire series in the last couple of months, which is pretty, it's, it's a well-written. That's pretty very, amazing. Yeah, wow. we watched the entire, from one to the, to the first episode to the last. Uh, every time we turn around, we were watching MASH. And <laughs> so there's an episode where, uh, where Hawkeye, uh, who's, the main doctor character, Alan, Alan Alda, he says, uh, look, he says, uh, it, it's hot as blazes out there. It's like 110 in the shade. Everybody's hot. Everybody's hot. They don't have air conditioning, of course. Uh, every, you know, a fan is a commodity. And so they're just literally burning up. And um, so the, uh, uh, it wasn't Radar at the time. It was another, another guy, the, the, the Lebanese uh, gentleman who was, who was hey. on the show was very, 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 yeah, Klinger, Klinger was very, he was just, he was just beside himself with, with, with the heat. And there was an order uh, that was, that was for uh, antibiotics, for penicillin, actually. And instead of penicillin, they sent placebos, right? They sent him a whole truckload of placebos instead of a truckload full of penicillin. And they're like, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? We can't let these people know that this is, that we didn't get what it was that we uh, were supposed to get. You know, then they'll start, you know, worrying. Everybody will start worrying. And they said, well, just don't tell them, and we'll try to get this order fixed. In the meantime, uh, Hawkeye took a couple of bottles, and uh, he just, <laughs> it looked like he wanted to play this trick. He just wanted to shut Klinger up. And he said, look, here's a bottle. It, what's in this, you take this pill, take one in the morning, one in the evening, and it will take care of um, your, your, the heat you know, that you're dealing with. It'll, it'll cool you down. You'll be cool if you take these two things. And then the next thing you know, the next morning, Klinger's dressed up. He's perfect. He is not perspiring. He is absolutely amazing. He's like, I'm so cool. Those things work. They work. It's, it's amazing how well they work. And he went around for for better part of three or four days with this until the uh, cap, uh, cap the, excuse me, the, uh, the colonel of the camp figure out that that's what Hawkeye was doing. He yeah. said, you better stop that right now. <laughs> stop that. And the minute that Klinger overheard that it really wasn't the pill, it was really it was a placebo, he started ripping his clothes off. He was so hot, you know. So the interesting thing about this, the placebo, I'm fascinated by the placebo effect. We use it uh, empirically right. in terms of every drug we've ever put out has to go through a double-blind test. We have to have a placebo, and we have to have the real thing. It's the only way we can tell. So always 20 to 30%, somewhere in that range, of the people who get the placebo actually experience the benefit. So you ask yourself, and nobody ever focuses on that. They say, yeah, yeah, right, it's just part of the test, blah, blah, blah. But we're focusing on the other half, the people who really got the stuff. Um, 
the placebo effect is, 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 is real. If, if, if I go out on my golf course uh, with somebody who's never played golf before and I totally convince them, convince them that they can play the game, if there's no blocks, if there's no negative self-talk in advance, no, no uh, barrier that they put up mentally in front of themselves that they have to jump over some way magically in order to uh, enjoy themselves, they will, or if they're even open to uh, playing better and they haven't you know, drank the Kool-Aid of this game sucks, this game is terrible, this game's, you know, I, I can't play this game worth a darn, all that stuff. If they haven't drank that Kool-Aid, and they're, they're, they're sitting out there, they will actually have a miraculous moment at some point. Maybe two, mm-hmm. maybe three. They'll have a miraculous moment where, where things happen. People who've never had a club in their hand, I give them a club. I kind of give them a general idea about what it is that they need to do. And eventually they're going to connect with that ball. And when they do, their belief system changes about what they're capable of. Maybe I can do this. Hmm, that's interesting. And this is... This is what, what I find unique about children. I've never had any kids of my own, uh, so I'll say that right up front. However, the interesting thing about, ch- about kids, my nieces, nephews, everybody else, it's, and other children I've come across, is, is how playful they are and how their belief systems have not been corrupted by um, people they respect, thought viruses, life, <laughs> life experience, right? They're curious. They're asking why. They're, they're creative. They're inspired. They are uh, spontaneous. And their belief system is just all over the map. It's just, hey, I'm open to everything. Right? So why 30, 40 years later can we not be that way? Right? right. Or how do we get back to that? How do we get our, how do our belief systems become so corrupted because we had one failure, then we had another failure, we had this happen, we hurt ourselves doing that, so oh, don't do that anymore, right? We, 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 someone told us that that wasn't possible, so we didn't even try. We, we were told, on the other hand, that this is possible, and, but we were, our heart wasn't in it. We didn't believe so because of something else we were believing. I mean, there's... It's just really strange confluence of different things that, that impacts your belief. Life impacts your belief system. So what fascinates mm-hmm. me is how somebody changes. How does somebody transform their, their beliefs, right? Simone Biles, Simone Biles, Olympic, uh, Olympian gold medalist uh, who had uh, issues uh, with herself. She was overwhelmed. She needed to take a mental break. I think that's absolutely positive and wonderful because obviously she had spent um, almost her entire life uh, on the same train and Mm -hmm. needed to get off of that train. And when she got off of that train for a while and she pursued a few other things, uh, got a relationship, she got married, uh, she, she, you know, found finding love in your life is a, is a great way to, uh, to totally shift gears. Uh, Luckily it happened to her. It's fantastic. But then that break kind of, and, and some therapy, of course, cleared out all the clutter, right? All the, the stuff that's built up over uh, most of her lifetime, uh, belief systems about, uh, about the, 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 the system itself, yeah, who knows, all matter of things. And then decides to come back, and when she comes back, she's better than ever, right? Because she's sort of like she's cleaned out the closet, and there's a mm-hmm. whole new belief system about life and what, what what she's capable of in other areas of her life. It's like I wrote about, I did a podcast a few weeks ago about um, your, your, your life as a, as a tire and how it can become flat on one side when you don't pay attention to some aspect of your life. You're so focused on work that you forget about um, family that goes by the wayside. That's, that becomes a flat part of your tire. Uh, or you're not paying attention to your spiritual side, your connection to something greater than you. That's, that goes uh, flat. And before you know it, you're not rolling down the road. You're clinking down the road. You know, you're clickety clunkety, <laughs> whatever. You know, you're 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 not you're not right. uh, you're not going fast either. You know, you're you're you're. It's a very bumpy ride. And so, what we want to do is, you know, make sure that 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 your 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 life wheel is in balance, that it is round and it's moving at at its own um, pace, and that you have control of it. Now. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about, about beliefs is I always think of, when it comes to belief, is perceptions, 
people's mm-hmm. people's belief system is 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 generally rallied around their uh, is gathered around what they perceive in life, and what came to mind when you when you started this whole conversation off was relationships, and mm-hmm. this was a conversation I had with with Cynthia as well, and coming back to this because she was talking about somebody that we both know, uh, and it, it's and how that particular person. Uh, had a, uh, an ingrained belief system because they'd known them for so long, had an ingrained belief system about her and how I don't have that. I've known her. I've known what she's gone through and uh, how she's transformed and changed and evolved and transmuted a lot of things in her life, uh, a very challenging childhood and, and uh, early adulthood. And I, I see her as this flower that continues to blossom. And she was talking about how this other person in her life sees her as just that flower that hasn't budded yet, right? So it, 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 in our life, we have people like that. They just somehow refuse to accept anything other than the present belief that they have about another individual, which mm-hmm. is destructive to that individual. And what that tells me, when I come across somebody like that, I'm thinking, it's time to go. It's time to yeah. go. That's basically it. It's time to, time to pack my bags and vacate because I'm, being, I'm constantly being judged as the person I used to be, not the person I've evolved into, right? And we have people like that. Parents can be like that. They see you one way. You know, and they have to change and transform. If they, they've experienced your life with you, and when you've fallen, they remember that, it hurts them as much as it hurts you, if not more, to see you in pain. And they have to evolve with you. And sometimes that doesn't happen. And in and, and, and the last holidays that we went through, people got together with each other again. And these belief systems, uh, older belief systems, come up again. They, they, they rise to the surface because you're in their presence. And mm-hmm. since they're not with you maybe all every day of the year, you know, this is reality that we have to really kind of deal with. So anybody's out there in our audience here on PR and FN, just want to say that it's not what other people believe. It's not what other people think that's important because people are going to believe all matter of things. It really turns around um, to what you, or it comes down to what you believe about yourself. And we go back into the sickness thing, and I'll tell you that never, ever do I claim that I'm sick. Never. I will never, you'll never hear those words come out of my mouth, right? I don't care how I feel. I have the power to shift and change the way I feel, physically or otherwise. And Mm -hmm. that's my belief system, because I know the mind, yeah, the mind is, is, is a powerful tool. The mind programs the body. And that's what I tell most people. Your mind programs your body. What are you saying that for? You know, it programs your life, too. So what are you saying that for? <laughs> I know. I know you go back to 700 trillion volts in your body. Yeah. I mean, hello. Hello. Yeah, yeah. 700 trillion volts. Of that. Man, that is a big number. It that's an extrapolation out there into the stratosphere, man. That's 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 infinite. <laughs> you gotta wrap your head around that one. Yeah, I know, I we're can... all contained in these little packages. We, we should be. We should. So we, we should need. We don't need a power company. We've got. We are our own power company. So how do we turn this into, you know, the heat and the cool that we need? You know, it's yeah. it's our. It's mentally. It's us. Right, mm-hmm. it's it's us. I, somebody who said when it's it was last summer was the hottest summer on record here, um, in twenty years, twenty five years. Right, it, you know it hasn't been a summer this hot since umptium since that way back when, and people just kept saying that and saying that. News kept saying it. Weatherman kept saying it and saying it. Everybody kept saying it to the point where you have this mass consciousness of this is the hottest summer ever. Right. Everybody's believing it. Everybody's buying into it. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, it was hot. I will say that. It was hot to me. However, to sit there and say, yeah, this is the hottest, this is the hottest it's ever been, and, you know, I'm the hottest that I've ever been, and it's hot out there. You know, yeah, heat exists, right? Uh, right. Whatever you want to call it, climate change, not climate change, cycles, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, we're not here to judge it. We're just here to deal with it. So I 
when I hear people saying that, I go, look, will you just stop saying that? You're making yourself hotter just by thinking it. Yeah. Right? Just by oh, thinking sure. it, you're making yourself more and more uncomfortable. And 100%. these are reality, these reality-based um, belief systems that we have to deal with every day, it's like the cold. It was, it was not a great year last, last year. In, in the, uh, the Arctic blast after Arctic blast, it was below zero every time you turn around uh, in the north. We experienced frost down here for a couple weeks uh, on and off, and it just, it's just what happens. Mm-hmm. I think, though, that – not I think. There we go. I said that thing, though. In my view, uh, we – have to look at our belief systems and see how we can see what needs to shift or see how more how open we we can be when it comes to various topics um, about ourselves and maybe our relationships maybe examine our belief systems about people that we're close to and say you know what I'm I'm gonna clean the slate here with my friend so-and-so with my own, and in relationships, it's really heavy. If you've been with somebody for, I've been with my girlfriend for 20, 22 years. And I know that there are things I'm constantly attempting to clean out, clean out that closet of, of beliefs. I'm just like, you know, there are no beliefs. I know that she has a tendency to be like this. However, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, she may, she may surprise me. So I'm not going to go down that route mentally, right? We all know our partner better than they know themselves, supposedly, um, and which is why we, when they come to us and want to do something that's out of character, outside our own belief system about them, our perceptions about them, uh, we, there's a there's a nervousness. Most people will, will, will fear that because they think, "What's causing this? This person mm-hmm. wants to change." Am I going to go along with it? Am I going to allow them to change, or am I going to fight it because I like them as they are? Interesting question, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there, there again, it's what do you believe? What do you believe about yourself? And I, um, I'm a big follower of Dr. Joe Dispenza, who wrote, we are, you are the placebo. And his mantra, which I really embraced, was uh, first you ask yourself what you believe is possible, and secondly, you behave as if it's reality, and third is you become it. And I think in a relationship, you have to invite and allow that other person to do the same. You can't answer those questions for any, any one person. Those have to be questions that you answer for yourself. And I think a lot of times, and I'm, I'm really glad that you brought up Simone Biles because it was, it, there was a lot of pressure on her. You know, not just, it's not just the inner belief is, can I do this? But she was being bombarded. How can you do that to this country? You took somebody else's spot, you know, all of these other negative things. And that could have caused her to have a limiting belief about herself. I mean, the like you said, the you know the stress, the struggles, the internal angst that she was experiencing. Nobody will ever know that. True. But then she had to come to reality. What do I believe about myself, and am I worthy to move forward? And right. I think that 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 those beliefs are what really drive our actions and our behavior, and they will ultimately help us fulfill our destiny, whatever that is. What you find those passions? What do you believe are your passions? A lot of times, you know, and I, I see this. Parents are very well meaning. You know, oh, I, I would love softball. You know, you're gonna. I love softball too. I I was terrified of of playing softball when I was a kid, and right. I got hit with a ball when I was young. And I would always try to get as far out in the outfield so I didn't have to have any any interaction. But guess what? I found a sport I liked. I found soccer. I found track. I found rock climbing. I mean, there were lots of things that I enjoyed, and when I started rock climbing, I had a belief that I. There was, you know, I didn't have any upper arm strength. <laughs> and then I learned techniques, and then I gained. I got stronger and stronger and stronger, and, and it was, it, I enjoyed it because it was, um, I guess, more of a solitary sport where I could, I could be my own measure of my own successes 
I, I didn't look at failures. I just looked at it as growing. And I'm sure that for you, when you first started to golf, I don't know how old you were uh, when you first started golfing. Wow. Eight. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's, 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 it was a family uh, affair. Uh, my mom and dad liked to play, and so we, they took us out. Uh, every other Saturday or so. Uh, we lived on a golf course in the Philippines anyway, on Clark Air Base, so we were able to get out there and play in the afternoon. And it was a family uh, thing. That, that was How that nice. Out. Um, you know, same thing with bowling and some other things as well. I want to go step back to Simone Biles for just a second and just point something out. There are two sides to this coin. It's not only what she believed about herself and what other people were bombarding her with with regard to um, you know what she was doing to the country and this and that, pressuring her, pressuring her to 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 uh, um, to participate anyway. When she when she didn't, and I don't hear a lot about this, which is interesting. Only that only that that week uh, of the Olympics. However, it's it's the it's in my view the story of the entire Olympics. When she decided to drop out, uh, the belief system of all of her teammates completely changed, and they went on to win gold. Mm-hmm. They had they had subjugated themselves to not to winning silver and bronze if she were there. So they had to step up to the plate, and they'd never won gold before. And they they actually their belief system uh, very quickly elevated them to uh, a place where that was possible. You know, uh, it was sort of like it was Simone Biles' effect, of course, when Simone Biles is in mm-hmm. the. Is, is there? Uh, you're playing for second place. You're playing for silver and for bronze. That's that's what. You, that's because she's so good, right? Hey. It was the Tiger Woods effect too. He yeah. did this for 25 years. He he let everybody. When he came to a tournament, he believed so so much that he could win. Uh, everybody else thought so too, and so they thought they were playing for second and third. That's what they thought they were playing for. When he showed up at the course, because he only played once a month. He only played like every two, three tournaments. He didn't play every tournament. Wow. But he won a higher percentage of tournaments. He recognized what his, what his, uh, his, his body could do and, and uh, what his mind was capable of, and literally he went with that. He's, I think he's one of the only pro golfers in history that's ever done that. that, only, that didn't, all these other guys are out there on the road. They're on Monday their place, and they leave on Sunday. They're back on a Monday, and they're on another course. They're playing a tournament every week, four times a month. He played once or twice a month. That was it. And, but when he showed up, he was a force mentally that convinced everyone because he was so good, because so, he was such a, a force for the, in the game that he, everybody else just, yeah, well, even the announcers were saying, were convinced that he was going to win. And who's playing for second? Who's playing for third? Who can catch him? You know? And, until, and, and when he got injured and he wasn't there for a while, then the same thing happened with, that happened to Simone Biles. Other, pe- other cream rose to the top. People uh, kind of uh, mimicked his workout routines and habits and other things. They adopted uh, a stronger mental game. Uh, they worked on themselves. They worked on their games, and they worked on their belief system. Because in, in effect, when you have 10 people that all have the same skill, there will be 1 through 10 on the list based on belief. Mm-hmm. based on what they feel they are capable of and, as you just said, whether or not they act as if. Act as if. Joe Dispenza, that's a, a very nice way of him kind of talking about the evolution, the manifestation of, of, of something in our lives, uh, either a change in ourselves or just wanting something. When you, when you, when you want something, you have to believe uh, that you have to, you have to radiate it resonate, I should say, at frequency as if you already have it. You have to put yourself there. You have to, mm-hmm. you have to bring, in, bring the, the emotions of love and joy and happiness into the equation. You have to love that you already have it and love, the, the, feel what it's like to already have it. This is the catch-22 for most people. They, unless it's, there's empirical evidence of it being right in front of them, they... That's not something that people are taught to do. I wish we would teach young people, our, our, our youth, how to, that process that Joe was talking about. Talk, that process alone will change the lives of many people if they could just learn that process. What would it feel like to have gotten an A on that test? What would that feel like? Right. Study with that. 
in mind. Not, I hope I can pass this test. I pray that I can pass this test. I've passed this test. I'm just, I'm just going through the motions. I've already passed this thing. I'm going through the motions of learning the material. I'm confident that I've already done it. It feels so good to have already done it, to have been over this, you know, and, and there you go. And you, you prepare yourself as if you've already done it, already, already uh, um, uh, played. And I didn't know that you played soccer because I played soccer as well, one of my favorite sports <laughs> on the planet. That's great. Uh, and it, 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 the interesting thing about games is that what I find the most interesting, what I find most interesting about, about players, and I, I, I've, I've broken self-talk down to, um, which, which really does back your belief system. I, I can tell with people's belief systems simply by the way they talk about themselves. That's, that's it. I know whether or not their, their, their illness is going to get worse. Hope it doesn't. However, the way that they're talking about themselves, it's going to be a little longer road than uh, that they're, because they're making it such, making it that way. They're, uh, you know, it'll be, I've been doing this for a while. I'm, I'm, I'm so sick. I'm worse than I was yesterday. I'm blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the natural healing does help. It, it, but you have to have a mindset that goes along with it. And mm-hmm. any team that goes onto a field, the winner, of the, the winner is going to be the team that has the greater belief system. It's going to drive, be the driving force behind every action, every interaction uh, that, they, that they have. That's, it, it's, it's pretty amazing when you can get a cohesive unit together and, and, um, and have everyone have the same belief system. Uh, I, I have dreams of getting teams on the same self-talk. Team self-talk awesome. and individual. Yeah, team and individual self-talk. I haven't been able to do it, believe it or not. I have not been able to do it around here, and I've given four offers to do it for free in my own town. It's it, and right. nobody's, coaches will not take me up on it. They promise to. They pay lip service <laughs> to it, but they, they don't ever do that. And it's I, I, I have my ideas about why I don't hear from them. Uh, however, um, and I think it's a, in my view, it's a, it's a coach. It's a coach that has a, a fear of not being the, the authority figure in, 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 at the high school and college level, junior college level. That's what I, that's what I see. I see, mm-hmm. I see men and women who, who fear uh, losing control of the mental side of, because it didn't come from them. If it comes from somebody else, it, it needs to come from them. It'll make them somehow look inferior. I, I don't. I, it's it's the most astounding thing that I will sit around. I'll, I'll tell them exactly what I'd like to do is to help their people understand that there's an inner conversation that they have about what they think they're capable of, and then there's the greater macro conversation, the team conversation about what the team believes is possible, what each individual right. player believes the team is capable of, right? Because mm-hmm. each player has perceptions about every other player. We all got to get on the same page. We all got to have use the same language when we're describing uh, our um, efforts and uh, efforts to win. It's really interesting, really unique, um, and, and it somehow gets forgotten. It does, and I actually had an opportunity when my brother was uh, in Austria as a hockey coach. I got to work with the team, which is very interesting because I, you know, my, what I do is quite a bit different, and I was. I had worked with actually the head coach's wife uh, with some health challenges. And he said, well, maybe you could, we have some big games coming up. And, and I, I know it's not very common to have a, a girl come into a men's locker room. Um, and they had, were very, very sweet and very respectful. And I said to them, I was speaking to them about the power of thought and how it actually affects the physical body. And I used a, a very simple demonstration using kinesiology. So I actually asked, was one of their star players, 
if he would stand there and, and demonstrate. And I had him uh, put out his arm and he tested strong. And I taught him about the polarity in the body, the positive and negative voltage and showed him what made him weak and what made him strong. And I asked him to please step out of the locker room. And then I asked the other players that to focus on something that they didn't like about his appearance. And um, when he came back in, uh, again, I tested him whether or not he was strong. I had, and, I, and he immediately went weak. And he just looked. I mean, and I, I'm not a big a brute. I had him put his arm out, and I pushed down very lightly. And he tested weak, and he looked at me. And so then I had to walk out, and I said, okay, now I want you to change your thoughts and find something that you really like about him. And when he came in... I had him put his arm out again through kinesiology and tested him, and he was so strong, nobody could push his arm down. And then I showed him a few exercises. I explained to him what we had done, and he just said, I, you know, I can't believe that. And, and then I demonstrated <laughs> how yeah. the thought, the positive thoughts, how it affected him. And and he looked at me as though I was, I, I, he, you know, because... From an egoic standpoint, you know, this, this skinny little girl shouldn't have been able to push his arm down with the greatest of ease. But when you really start to understand about the vibrations and how powerful the mindset is, but then I also taught them techniques so that they could keep their field strong. So because when you are on a home ice advantage, you have everybody cheering for you. But you're, when you're in an away game, you are being bombarded by all of these, this energy, right? How many mm-hmm. people in the audience? 700 yeah. trillion volts of electricity again being bombarded yeah. at you. That is so true. And, and teaching people ways that they could keep their own energy field really strong. And it really does make a difference. And when we are thinking about what it is that we want to attract in our lives, our attitudes, our beliefs, and again, seeing it already done and then being grateful for the outcome. So visualizing, and and it'd be interesting to to see if Simone Biles did do some of that, where, you know, in that time off there, she was doing, uh, working on herself and coming back and um, really changing her mindset into a more of a positive thing if that power of belief if there were things that she learned to do that were like that recalibration we all have to have it's a wonderful story by the way absolutely awesome um, because uh, it, it speaks to the collective consciousness of the team and how that impacts each individual player um, and, and it's not something that most people think about. I don't even know most most coaches mm-hmm. think about it. Um, there is a you know we're so busy trying to get one person up and another and another that collectively, uh, whether there's there's a weak link when um, in the chain when when the players don't believe it's possible. And uh, mm-hmm. when coaches when coaches come out with language like you know this is going to be a really difficult game this is going to be one of the most difficult games you've ever played and I'm like oh my gosh what did you just say <laughs> you know right. it's not a it's not a difficult game not the most difficult one they've ever played they have the ability to win you just have to uh, you know stop putting thought viruses like uh, this is going to be really hard for me to do this you know this is going to be tough this is going right. to be the, the, the most difficult thing the most challenging thing you've ever done in your life you know no it's not if I go out yeah. and do I have the mindset that I can do what I need to do that I can um, go above and beyond and uh, we have the ability to to beat this other team. That's why I like these 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 interesting talks that come from these movies where there's the underdog team and, and what the underdog coach says to the to the bigger team. You know that that we have skills and we have a mindset, we have a belief system that can can uh, move mountains. That's what we can do, mm-hmm. and we just have to believe that that's possible, and we have to believe that each of us individually can aspire to be that particular uh, that player. That collected that when put into the collective whole uh, is able to excel. Now, interesting right. thing about we talked about golf earlier, but I, I say all the time uh, I I hadn't played I played uh, a week ago on Thursday um, last Thursday actually I played um, with and I hadn't hit a ball for three weeks 
I literally hadn't touched the club in three weeks' time. And uh, so I was like, hmm, playing a really challenging course, uh, one of the most challenging courses in the area, because uh, it's hilly and there's a lot of, lot of tricks and things visually about the course. And it's interesting because I said to myself, I've been away from the game long enough to play it perfectly. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's beautiful. play on thing. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really there. And even though I had a couple of flub-ups, I didn't let them bother me. I had other aspects of my game that were absolutely spectacular. And uh, probably I shot the average score that I would have shot there because I don't play the course very often. And because um, you, can, you can choose to implode or you can choose to uh, continually recalibrate because that's what golf makes you do. Every, every, every effort is a recalibration of your thinking. Uh, which is why I always call it, you know, the mirror of life, because in a, in a four-hour period, you'll have to do what most people don't do in a whole year or in a 10-year period. You, you have to manage your, your state, your inner conversation. You have to manage your energy. You have to remain positive, and you have to forget very quickly the little foibles and mis, mishaps and, and misfortunate and unfortunate things that occur. You have to not invest in them. You have to, and you have to refuse to invest in those things because they will take you down. And uh, you can, when you when you see professionals out there playing, and the professionals represent um, numerically the upper one hundredth of one percent of all the golfers in the world. That's that's what they represent. The people you see on TV. Tiger Woods is like the one thousandth of one percent. Of, of golfers in the world. He stands at the peak, and there's, there's a lot of I mean, because of what he was able to do in his, in his career. Other, other players are, are um, just as good. We, we somehow categorize ourselves. I'm a rookie. I'm a, I'm a newbie, right? And I, you know, I'm, I'm a beginner. We should get rid of that language. We should get rid of the, yeah. those 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 labels that that uh, highlight what we believe to be true about ourselves. I, you can say I just started to play the game, but you don't have to call yourself a newbie, a beginner, you know, a hacker. We have these terms that we use that, in some way, help other people. They, they degrade us in what what we're capable right. of. Um, and uh, it, it it could be golf. It could be anything in life. Um, it could be when, it, when we're connecting with other people. If we, I hear people say all the time, uh, oh, I can't ever remember a name. You know, I can't ever remember names. I don't, I don't remember names, right, of people. To, to kind of apologize in advance for why you can't remember their name. But if you use word association and you repeat it three or four times in your head after you hear it, just focus on that instead of letting it go in and out so quickly. You can train yourself to remember what their name is. It's something you can do. It's not something you're incapable of. Just because you couldn't remember someone's name before, that doesn't mean your belief system has to be that I can't remember names, right? Just something that's simple. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and otherwise, I mean, it, it, if, if you believe yourself to be clumsy, you're going to be clumsy. Because <laughs> that's what, that's what right. is on your mind. You're programming yourself to be clumsy, Right. I, I like to use the words cancel, cancel, cancel when I hear something that comes up and it, maybe it'll come out of my mouth and I just, and then I catch myself. I'm like, cancel, cancel, cancel that because yeah, it's not that. something, yep, I want to envision a different reality. I want right. to believe something else. And, and I think it's important too that if you have a belief that you can do something or you want to try something and don't listen to the opinions of other people. I think about Bim Hoff. The Iceman. I mean, what, you know, who would have thought that he would have a belief that he could sit in ice for 60 minutes or and really that a whole different movement would come out of what he believed he could do? He right. believed he could go into a state of meditation. And what he's learned, so if you have an inner nudging, I think, whether it's guidance from your higher power, your angelic, your inner knowing, your higher self, you know, follow that. You believe right. something that is right for you at this time for you to embark on, even if it's quitting your job. You know, like, well, why did you quit that job? I don't know. I had a, I had 
this passion to do something else and I believe I can do it. Even if it's starting your own business and it's not going to be easy, that's a belief, right? Right. That's true. You believing it, believing it's going to be difficult, or believing it's going to be easy. I think it, I'd go with the easy part. I'd go with that mm-hmm. not because not because I'm arrogant, but because I really am not going to put obstacles in front of me that are going to make it even more challenging for me. And that's what we do. We we, we put these mental obstacles in front of ourselves. Uh, that that makes it that means okay, I, I, it can't be easy because I said my belief system is that it's going to be hard. That's going to be tough, right? That that's that's what I've told myself. So I'm looking for that to occur. That's the that's the reality I'm programming for myself is hard, tough, impossible, difficult, and then I can't, I won't be able to do this thing. Nobody who is at the pinnacle of what are the, of the of the the hierarchy of the best of whatever they do, um, what they have in common is that they're their belief system about what they're doing. Now, this may not spill into every other area of their life, but it's certainly a, a fact about why they're so successful doing what they're doing. They're, yeah, they may have superhuman abilities. They may, you know, be Duke Kohanamoku and they can, you know, they can swim faster than anybody else and they can swim longer and faster and harder than anybody else to the point where, you know, I mean, you can swim the Maui Channel and no big deal. And he tr- truly believed that he could do that, truly believed mm-hmm. that he could surf, truly believed that he could make his own surfboard. I mean, it's, my gosh, the story, Jim Thorpe, there's another story. I mean, you, you've, got, you've got stories of, of people. I mean, the evidence is clear. The evidence is out there. The success is out there. All we have to do is tap into that. We have to stop the belief systems that are limiting ourselves and embrace belief systems that expand ourselves, that give us the opportunity to, to, uh, to, to go well beyond what we even think we're capable of because what we're capable of is much more than what we think at the time. You know, it's just a, a, a fact of life that, that uh, you know, somebody used the, the example of the four-minute mile uh, the other day when I was, you know, thinking I was listening to something, um, which is a favorite story uh, for a lot of motivational speakers, the four-minute you know, four mile, the four-minute barrier hadn't been broken until, mm-hmm. I don't know, I, it, his name is, I mean, yeah, came Roger. to him and said, you know, I, <laughs> somebody breaks it, and the consciousness of the world um, suddenly understands that it's possible. It went from impossible to possible, and all of a sudden in the next, you know, year, multiple people are doing what hadn't been done before because their consci- their belief system changed. Right. They're, right. Yeah, and I don't know the, if, if you if you you've heard it, but there and I don't I don't know where it originated from, but they have the a lot of the different people that I tune into have are all saying 144,000 people on the planet is all that's needed to change what's going on. And we have those people on the planet right now. And more and more people are awakening to their own uh, truth and whatever awakening means um, to you. But I think that a lot of that has to do with that belief and that as we come together, a lot of these old ways are going to be falling by the wayside. And whether or not you believe that, I think it's a great thing to aspire to. The fact that we can grow our connection to love. I believe that. That's one of my beliefs. I believe that you and I come together and we come from a space of love. And and if whomever tunes in garners one or two little nuggets of, of information that they can pass on to somebody that we make a difference and our time. Yeah. It's a blessing. I'm very blessed to, to be able to share this time with you. And Always. it just, yeah. And, and, you know, garnering little things like I'm, I'm never going to be the same. I'm always going to look at somebody and go, yeah, you're 700 trillion volts of electricity. <laughs> Coming towards me, okay. Well, you know, packing a packing a punch. I mean, you know, and then you put your belief behind that. What can that do? What can you move mountains? Well, you look at some of the archaeology and you think, well, how did they build those pyramids? Somebody knew that they could do it. So, um, yeah, I would encourage everybody to to own that power and to know how connected you truly are to love and to to other 
other beings on this planet. And uh, so Michael, I'll let you I'll let you close out the show because you have always so many wonderful things to say. Well, when it comes to belief, um, I think we can agree upon one thing, and that is that we we have to constantly uh, be alert to the fact that we do have beliefs about things, and those beliefs lead to certain perceptions about people individually, uh, and that and in our lives and ourselves, and we we. It, it, we should be looking to break down those barriers of belief um, in order to give ourselves the best chance of moving forward, of evolving and trans, transforming ourselves in that metamorphosis uh, that we're um, involved in, engaged in in life, from moving from where we were to where we know we can be and where we know we want to be. Um, even if it's not something that is at the forefront of our minds right now, just do ourselves a favor and you know, um, eliminate any and all negative beliefs. Make that your goal for for uh, for 2024, and I'll tell you what will happen. Uh, amazing, miraculous things will occur. So thank you for joining us. PRNFM. Yeah, thank you. Awesome.